Exceeding Expectations, episode 66. If you'd like to take your business into earning comfortably six, seven figures, then this week's guest, SD Rand, gives you ideas on how to succeed without doing any advertising and to really tighten up your marketing. That's this week's guest, SD Rand. This is the podcast where we give you ideas on how to have a business where you deliberately set out to exceed people's expectations with the aim of getting better referrals and testimonials and also just enjoying what you do more, enjoying the customers you work with more and just having a a better business. If you like this podcast and if you like this particular episode, if you know anyone who you think may get some value from some of the um, some of the nuggets that SD shares, please do share this episode with anyone who you feel may get some value from it. It would be great if you could leave a review for us on iTunes or one of the other podcasting platforms and hope you enjoy this week's show. So another edition of Exceeding Expectations and my guest today is Esty Rand. How are you, Esty? I am fantastic. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. And we're sitting here in London, but you're not from London, are you? I'm not. I'm from Los Angeles, California. Right. And how long have you been in London? Uh, four days. So the temperature must be killing you. It's a little <laughs> chilly over here, yeah. <laughs> And so, but I mean, originally you were telling me you're from, from New York. I'm from New York originally, so I am used to this. Yeah. The, the damp, the rain, the wind and cold stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and so what's brought you over to London? So I came in for a private event mm-hmm. um, over the weekend and uh, that's really it. Just kind of was brought out to present mm-hmm. over here. So you, you were speaking at an event? Yeah. Right. Okay. And so, do you are you a speaker? Is that what you do quite often? I do speak a lot. My mm. primary job is helping business owners earn more money with less headache. Okay. So tell me about that. So I run a full service creative consulting firm. So anything you'd imagine that like a Fortune 500 company gets from a Deloitte, McKinsey, big consulting firm, we do for micro businesses. Mm. So anywhere from solopreneurs, freelancers to like 20, 30 person companies. We get people to that stable five, six, seven-figure profit number. Mm. That's, that's my day job. Um, and we're multinational. So I've got clients out here also that I'm, I'm seeing while I'm here mm. um, and new clients that are approaching me since I'm here, right. put it out on social. Um, so yeah, I love, love what I do. So, so what's the backstory? How did you get into that? Uh, so I was working as the CIO of a multinational nonprofit. Mm. And love my boss, love my job, had flex time, which was insane because I, at the time, had three children. Now I have five. Right. Um, and that was so important to me as a mom to have a high-level job but still be able to be present for mm-hmm. my family. Mm-hmm. And uh, they hired a middle manager at some point because nonprofits aren't really run by the people who run them. They're run by their board of directors. Board of directors wanted a middle manager. Mm-hmm. Great. He was toxic, super toxic. Made my life absolutely miserable. And it just it got to the point where... I either had to cry every day, and I'm not a crier, um, or I had to leave. And it just and, was destroying was that, my life. Was that in New York? That was actually, I lived in Jerusalem right. for about 10 years between New York and Los Angeles. Mm. So it was out there. And it all came to a head one night, and I, I quit. I left the job, and I had this dream I'd been harboring for a while mm. because it was 2011, beginning of the small business boom. Mm. And I was just watching everyone try to give it a go. You know, after 2008 recession, so many people weren't getting the work they wanted, weren't getting the rates they wanted. The internet was almost at that tipping point where people could work remotely and get easy access. Etsy was super hot. And I'm just, I'd be sitting in cafes and he'd be going like, I'm going to sell cupcakes for a dollar. Like you guys have no idea what you're doing. I'm running businesses profitably since I'm 10 years old. Always has like side gigs. Always had a 
real job because that's a real job, right? Like running a business, like that's a hobby. Um, but I knew I could help them and I so badly wanted to. So I was harboring this dream. And, and if I go back, it really started even earlier because I, I had, when I worked in the nonprofit, they had hired this consulting company and uh, those guys came in and they said all the same stuff that I said, but they got paid more than I did and they got listened to more than I did. I was like, I'm in the wrong line of work. And I think that that started germinating the idea. Mm-hmm. I started doing little things on the side, but when I left my job, I, I took on a few things at the same time, but also kicked off my business and it's grown since then. Wow. And so how do people find out about you? How, how do you normally get new customers? Uh, it's pretty much word of mouth and social media, honestly. Mm. I, I built the company to six figures in under two years with zero in ad spend. We're aiming now to do seven figures wow. in zero in ad spend, and we're, we're on track pretty wow. well, actually. So I, uh, I don't advertise. Right. I do speak a lot, so I travel to speak to wherever. <laughs> I'm probably being South Africa in a couple of months as mm. well. Um, but so a lot of speaking, that's how I built it in the first place. Mm. And, uh, just word of mouth. And, and what I know this show is called exceeding expectations. And I would say the biggest thing that I do that has mm. built my business is exceed people's expectations purposely. So, so tell me about that. So uh, what I do, what I preach, what I teach, what I live is strategically lowering people's expectations. Don't tell people every single thing you can and will do for them because the chances of you overperforming that are nil. Mm. You know, and so I'm always so careful. And it's also, I think, part of my own personal integrity to be so careful mm. when I tell a client what we can and can't do for them. Mm. I'm always very careful. Again, I'm a marketer and a salesperson at heart. So I, I am telling them that we can help them, mm. obviously, mm. but I don't make any kind of big promises. I never make a false promise. I never guarantee something I can't do. Mm. And we have strategically built in bonuses in everything we do. Mm. And so over the years, I think of constantly overperforming, again, not because I'm such a superstar, because I purposely under-promise, mm. promising enough to sell, mm. but under-promising, I would say 80% mm-hmm. of my clients have come just from word of mouth. Mm. And, and we're talking hundreds of people right. <laughs> over the course of the years. And so you always given examples of where you've um, exceeded someone's expectations, for example. Sure. So um, a great example, I think, is in our online program. We have mm-hmm. an online program called Marketing Magic, mm-hmm. where you learn how to never waste money on marketing again. Uh, it teaches full marketing strategy to small business owners. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things we do, because many online programs, people get lost. Mm-hmm. And then you know, they buy them, they never take them, they never open them, they show up a little bit, they don't show up at all. And for me, it's so important to be able to replicate the results we had with our private clients in the online program. Otherwise, I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. It's not worth it. And so we built in a lot of bonuses, a lot of a lot of strategically unpromised things show up in the program once you come in mm. and we don't promise it to people. It mm. just it shows up and I think that's part of what hooks them in. Mm. It's part of uh, what helps them stick through mm. the entire thing. Like I'm not going to say all of them because people mm. come in, then, then they'll know. Um, but just as an example, I'm trying to think what I could share. So one of the examples is we're in the middle of a, one of our program launches and uh, something we got from previous course participants was they wanted to have like a group session, not even with the strategist or with myself, just with each other to do the homework because it is an intense program. You are really learning marketing in a way that you never expected. You know, I took my entire four-year marketing degree and then all my 10 years of experience in the field and I boiled it down into an eight-week program that really overhauls your business, your life, your ideas about what marketing is and isn't so you can be successful in it. And they said, you know, we'd love to have a way to communicate with each other. Mm. And so one of the surprises that everyone is 
going to be finding out about this week is we've built in calls with other graduates to moderate where all the participants can kind of do their homework together so they have that shared space. So that's just like an example of a surprise bonus. Every time people give us feedback, mm-hmm. we listen to it and we try to next level it. Right. Right? So they just asked to have a group call, which means like we could just tell them, hey, everyone have a group call. Mm-hmm. But we instead we're hosting it on our, on our software. We're bringing graduates to moderate mm-hmm. um, and strategists to kind of oversee. And those kinds of things, always having those special surprises mm-hmm. makes such a difference. Um, I've, oh, yeah, go ahead. Well, I mean, it's like you were saying before. I mean, most most courses, the, the percentage of people that complete the course is pretty low, and you've got quite different figures, haven't you? We've got very different figures. Yeah, we have a, we have like a 60-70% show-up rate on our weekly coaching calls with the groups, and we have like 85-90. We have a very high percentage that show up at graduation um, because one of the things we do even at graduation is even if you haven't managed to get through the course, at graduation, I wrap the whole thing up for you. We walk um, a participant through their entire strategy, so you see the entire map. We offer you know, discounts into ongoing support if you haven't been able to complete it. Because listen, life happens. Take an online course, life came up. You know, One of the things, oh, this is actually a great start. I hadn't even thought about this. So a participant in our last cohort um, signed up for the course and then had a health issue. Mm. And... Uh, our refund policies are such that like it's not so simple. You have lifetime access to material. You can come back to whenever you want. And she was going to miss the coaching, though. And so I said, listen, no problem. Next cohort, jump in on the coaching with pleasure. You know, totally fine. And uh, I think that and the fact that I got on the phone with her and like kind of talked her through it, mm. I think those two things combined, she joined this cohort, but not just as a free participant. Mm. She upgraded to VIP. VIP is where we take our online program, we marry it to our consulting company, and people do a one-on-one strategy with our team. Mm. So this woman who had paid for the course, who had wanted to drop out because of a health issue, now upgraded into our next level. And I think that is what exceeding expectations does. Mm. You know, People are like, oh, they asked for their money back. I should give it back to them. I cannot tell you countless stories because you don't know what's going on in someone's head. Why are they asking for their money back? Mm. Listen, if legitimately whatever you're doing isn't working for them, please give it back. Mm. Every time I would do that. Typically, it's that they got stuck somewhere. They're unhappy with something. Sort it out. I had a client who came to me, one of our premium clients, doing a one-on-one with me. And somewhere... Towards the end, she said, listen, Esty, this isn't doing what I wanted. It isn't, it isn't working for me. And I'm so big on exceeding expectations. And I'm like, what do you mean it's not working for you? <laughs> like, no one says that to me. Um, and she's like, listen, how about I just, you know, I paid you, you know, a bunch of money already. How about I don't pay you the rest and we just call it quits and, you know, not upset at you, but it's not what I wanted. And I kind of said, no, A, that's not in our contract. <laughs> and, you know, B, let's just talk it out. What isn't working for you? Mm-hmm. You know, so I did a full free session um, talk to me, what is going on? And we had a breakthrough, which was that the business we had been working on the whole time for her, which she had come to me to next level, she didn't want to do. And so we're working this whole time trying to next level a business that she didn't really want to next level, but she had just felt, I guess, uncomfortable saying it because she had kind of got everyone on their, on their path. And what we came to was she really wanted us to automate that business so it could basically run by itself, which is something we easily can do, mm. and help, us, help her start something else. Mm. I said, great. She said, really? We could do that? I said, sure. She said, but we're already almost out of time. I said, don't worry about it. We'll extend the contract free of charge. I want you to finish this off. Mm. So not only did she stay, Mm. finish that contract, but she's opening another contract now to build the next business. And that is how you can turn, you know, I guess upset customers into raving fans. Absolutely, yeah. So do you um, keep in touch with any sort of past graduates and find out how they're doing and so on? Oh my gosh, yes. Um, When we did uh, our launch 
recently, before I did the launch, I reached out to all my past graduates from the past year or so. And so this is this is another good one, another good... I live this, I breathe this. I think that's how we got to yeah. be introduced to each other. Most people will go and they'll try to survey their past graduates. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll try to call them up and they'll ask them for something. What did I do? I said, hey grads, I want to do a free training for you. Mm-hmm. What do you still want to learn from me? Having graduated the program, mm-hmm. here's five, six different options, different tools and strategies. You know, one of the options was more of the same, like just give me more of this, give me a review, um, give me more on you know finding my ideal versus non-ideal client, give me some next level strategies, give me some more basics on social media. I gave them a couple options, different things, and I said, survey, answer the survey. Now the survey included feedback on the program, so mm-hmm. you're going to complete the survey. You're going to tell me what you thought of it, what you were satisfied with, what you were unsatisfied with, um, what you think we should add for the future, which is how we got this idea to do these homework calls that mm-hmm. we're adding in. Um, you know what we can do better, what you already loved about it that we can just you know a feel good about, <laughs> and b keep doing more of, and and I'll do this training for you. We had seventy percent or more answer the survey. Seventy percent right. or more. And this was not a three question. And typical survey answers, but like ten percent. Yeah, something like crazy yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, no, we had because what did I do? I offered something. Mm. I exceeded their expectations from the outset, and then I did the training. And people came on, and we had a nice show rate on the training. People came on thinking like, oh, okay, like I already heard so much from SD. The feedback we got, I next leveled that training. I gave them stuff I'd never taught them before, stuff that I've learned myself because I'm always next level. I'm always mm. learning, growing. I have my own mentors, uh, my own studies constantly, and. Uh, People came off that training going just like, wow. And part of what we use that training for, okay, you want to know all my secrets? Should I tell you all my secrets? We use that training to launch our graduates mm. as partners in selling. Right. And so a bunch of our graduates then became salespeople for us, and they went out there to promote the program, right? Because on that call, I gave them their training, thanked them obviously for the survey results, told them all of the upgrades to the program that we're doing because of them, mm. a lot of which they get because people who have lifetime access to our programs have lifetime access to any upgrades in the material. Mm. So they said, you know, we want all the worksheets to be fillable PDFs. They were printouts. You got it. All the worksheets are now fillable PDFs. You know, so kind of giving them, hey, your feedback matters. Mm-hmm. Everything you tell us, we do. Mm-hmm. And by the way, if you know someone you think would benefit from the course, here's a link that you can share with them. Mm-hmm. And we did a massive launch just on that. Mm-hmm. And so these programs you're talking about, are these typically like sort of online programs or is it, is it in-house workshops or how does it work? So right now, these are online programs. Right. I don't do live events I travel to myself. Mm-hmm. This Marketing Magic is an online group coaching program. Mm-hmm. We have one-on-one clients as well. Um, and, and our group programs, like I said, they upgrade, kind of promote people into the consulting company mm-hmm. element of what we do, where we do one-on-one and we write their business plan or marketing strategy for them. And we do their web analysis. We give them the recommendation. So kind of they have a do-it-yourself option at a lower cost and then a done-with-you, done-for-you option you know, at a higher cost. Because I just always want it to be affordable for people. And at the same time, Independent programs don't work for everybody, so giving everyone an option mm. that they can be successful. Mm. And is it? I mean, do you concentrate on a particular industry, niche, or so? Is it? Quiet? So it's interesting. I do and I don't. Right. I concentrate on service-based micro businesses. Right. So again, your solopreneur, freelancer, anywhere up to twenty, thirty people in your company, you are in my world. Mm. If you're trying to get to a stable five, six, seven-figure profit, mm. you're in my world. Mm. If you're providing any sort of service, even a like a product service, right? So food service, we get a lot of people. We actually get a lot of people from the custom apparel, which is interesting. Mm. Um, could be because of my background in fashion a little bit. But overall, we're talking photographers, lawyers, accountants, bookkeepers, um, 
a lot of graphic designers, a lot of other marketers, coaches, consultants, a lot of people who are just talented, who are trying to make a go of their own creativity. Um, we get a lot of nonprofits, I think, because my background's in nonprofit, which saying, what, 85, 90% of nonprofits are service businesses. Very few sell any, any actual things. Um, those just like construction industry, healthcare, real estate. Sounds like, pretty widespread. These are my people, but yeah. part of the benefit... I find, A, for myself, I've worked with pretty much every industry at this point over 10 years in the business, so I'm able to transfer across industries. You know, mm-hmm. great, great person on my show. I have a podcast, Business Breakthrough, with SD Rand. So one of my guests said that he purposely goes to conferences that are not his industry conferences because he already knows all the issues and all the solutions in his industry. Mm-hmm. He wants to hear from other industries how they solve that problem. Mm-hmm. And so not only from me being in the other industries, but putting those people in our group programs, they share. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, yeah, in the accounting world, you don't do that. But you know what? In design, we do something like this and it's like, whoa, mind-blowing, mm-hmm. you know, insight because when we share across industries, the business principles are essentially the same. Mm-hmm. You've got a very small percentage that's so industry specific. When you have the proper business foundation, it works across all the industries. Mm-hmm. Do you find are there any particular issues, problems that business that, are, that is quite common to quite a few different industries? Very much. So in service. And, and this is one of the things we address in our five-day marketing success challenge, which is still free, miraculously. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you at the end how they can get a hold of that. One of the first things we do is giving people not only the clarity, but the confidence to market themselves successfully. And I find in micro-business, because most people don't have a business background or a business degree, they either got a talent or a skill or a certification or, or a passion or just a, a drive or an idea that they want to bring to the world, they don't necessarily have the confidence mm-hmm to do it. And so they're afraid to charge. They're afraid to underpromise, which is the key to strategic word of mouth. And so they overpromise and underdeliver. And I see this again and again and again. It's one of the foundations of the program when we get into our module 7 of sales that you need to promise just enough to make the sale and no more. And then surprise them again and again. Surprise and delight your people. So if you are, like in our consulting packages, we let's say have a range of meetings, right? So let's say it's a a six or 10 meeting consulting package. I do that because if it goes to 12, I have no problem. But if I say 12, if I go to 14, it's a little overboard, right? It'll it'll start costing me more than it's worth with with members of our team. So I'm going to say six to 10, which is reasonable. That is about how long it takes us to do it. And if it stretches a little longer, I got you. And so people are happy. Wow, I still always go overboard. I will, but I do it on purpose. I plan in advance to go overboard for you. And and I wish people would just be a little more confident in the benefit of what you, all of you listening, be a little more confident in the competence of what you have to offer here. Don't be so afraid to underpromise. You know, I give the example one of my clients, photographer, constantly promising that let's say I have the proofs delivered in a week, week and a half, and he knew that it was two to three week minimum. He knew, but the clients would say, oh, but I really need them. And he'd just, he'd feel under pressure. He'd feel nervous. He'd be like, well, if I tell them longer, maybe they won't go with me. And so he'd always say, no problem. And a real nice guy, real sweetheart. And so he'd always say, no problem. And he was always late. So what was his reputation? This guy's never on time. Great guy, sweet guy, good photos, but always late. All he, he knew how long it took. Mm-hmm. All he would have to do is muster up the courage mm-hmm. and the confidence in his ability and how good his work was to say, listen, I'd love to. It's going to be three weeks. And then give him in two. And so was that easy to change that mindset? 
It took us a while. Right. It took us a while. Because that's an in, that's a deep yeah, mindset. It definitely yeah. took us a while, but I, I pointed out to him, I showed him the feedback he was getting from people. Mm-hmm. You know, we showed him in his testimonials, um, we showed him verbal feedback. You know, I had him, you know, service his previous clients, be like, Hey, you know, we're doing some promotion. Can you tell me like what you like best about the work and what frustrated you? You know, just ask people and they said, Listen, we think you're amazing, we love your work, we'll hire you again and again, but dude, you gotta speed up your process. Mm-hmm. And he said, I just gotta get faster. I said, Wrong. You just gotta promise slower. People think that they have to deliver exactly what the client wants. Close, but you can only do the best you can do. So if you can't get your promise, your process faster, you've got to under-promise. And so we started doing that and started promising three weeks and delivering in you know two and a bit, changed his life and his business com- dramatically. Because instead of dealing with irate people all the time and feeling constantly under pressure, and then it, it's a vicious cycle because that feeds the lack of confidence because people are constantly complaining and hounding him and criticizing and no one built it but him. You know, um, Within months, life was just so much better for him. I liked what you were telling me before we started recording about your approach to this is sort of like how, how you are as a mum. Yeah. So do you want to tell us about that? Sure. So my approach to really all of business, I have this like class in my head called like the business of parenting where you can kind of learn like parenting and client management strategies at the same time. When we teach our client management method module, I, I base it on parenting frameworks. I have five kids, so I had a lot of parenting experience. Um, so you know, if I'm trying to get a kid to go to bed, chasing them around the house saying, go to bed, go to bed, go to bed is a really energy draining, foolish way to do it. Mm. You know, and, and many people do. Mm. And they do that with their clients also. Need you to pay, need you to pay, need you to pay, need you to participate, need you to show up, need you to do this, be part of my program. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. And I always say, be a tricks box, not a cornflakes box. So instead I'll say, sweetie, you can already hear the marketer in me coming out. Sweetie, if you're ready for bed on time, mommy will read you a book from the special box of bedtime books that you only get read to when you're ready for bed on time. Now, all that requires is that I buy books that are only read at bedtime when they're ready for bed. It does not require me chasing them around the house. And, you know, I was asked in a different interview once, you know, how do you get your participants and your programs to kind of hang with you? And I said, it's those strategies. It's, you know, if you do this, then you'll get this benefit. And if you show up here, you'll get this benefit. And if you don't, you won't. And that's cool. You don't have to, but you might want to. Instead of like, you know, hounding them with emails or, oh, why would you? Why would you work harder when you can work smarter? Mm-hmm. And taking those parenting strategies of flipping it, right? Instead of what do I need from you, what can I offer you that would make you want to give me what I need? Because what I need from all of my clients and participants is for them to win, for them to really learn, to change, to grow their business. Their win is my win. I like to say I only like to work with good testimonials. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to be a good testimonial, we shouldn't work together. Mm. And it's not an ego thing. It means if I can't be successful with you, don't come. So I need you to win. And for me to get you to win without exerting a tremendous amount of energy on my part, because when you're a solopreneur, you can call your clients up, be like, hey, you missed the meeting, what's going on? You know, build in, I call them tire slasher rules. Tire what? Tire slasher rules. I don't know what you have here in Britain, but where I come from, parking lots, you either got an attendant at the gate mm. who's going to you know, stop you and watch you and you've got a whole machine system, but then even if no one's watching, people break it in, so you've got to put in staff and systems. And, or you have tire slashers where it says on the road, beware, severe tire damage if you go out this way. And then, no problem, it's really simple. You have built in place automated, quote unquote, right, system where people can self-regulate within your world. So, you know, um, again, this is so much of what what we do, what we teach, but building in a cancellation no-show policy and sticking to it. So if you really have a 24-hour cancellation policy, 
really charge someone if they don't honor it. Now, emergencies are emergencies, but someone shows up and says, yeah, I'm tired today. I changed my mind. No problem. Can I get a refund? No. What do you mean? Mm. Oh, yeah, and for that, you kind of have to charge in advance, at least part of the money, right? Mm -hmm. So just putting these things in place where the money's already paid or partially paid Mm -hmm. and the refund policy's in place and it's signed Mm -hmm. and agreed upon. And, And you're a human. If someone has an emergency, I will always. I've had clients show up because... You know, they know that I stick to my policies and I have sent them home to bed if they're sick. Like I had a client show up, she's like, but I didn't want to miss the meeting, I didn't want to cancel. I said, honey, I will honor this. You please, but but promise me you're gonna go to bed and not go back to work. Hmm. You go back to bed because you look awful. <laughs> then we will reschedule this. And she said, I'm going to bed. So, you know, you're human about it. Hmm. But as a rule, you have your rules in place with your tire slashers hmm. that if people violate it, their tires get slashed. How do you think, um, I mean, clearly you've got the, the, this mindset of trying to give people an amazing experience. Yeah. And, and it, I get the impression that's been in you for a long time. Where do you think that came from originally? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, I think for me, sales and business has always been about overperforming. I've always been an overachiever, mm. so I've always been about overperforming. You know, how, how can I surprise and delight you, right? So much more fun than just having you be satisfied. So I feel like that's ingrained, but my mind is also going to, when I worked at that nonprofit, when I was that CIO for six and a half years, so my boss was just incredible. So much of who I am as a leader really comes from him. And that genuine caring for people and performing above and beyond I think I really got from him, and it's not only for the clients, Mm -hmm. it's for your staff. It's like one of the things we do is not just next level service for our clientele, it's for our staff. We've never lost someone that we wanted to keep, Mm. ever. People come to work for us, they just up level, they don't really leave. We've had people that sometimes they come in and out quick. You know, we hire fast, fire fast. Some people, they look like they're a good match, we'll give them a try, and if it's not a go, no problem. We've we've upgraded our system the last six months, even that hasn't happened, and we've scaled up pretty rapidly. Um, But in general, where... Can I please you? And it just, I know where it comes from. I'm thinking out loud as you ask me the question. I think it comes from genuine caring. Mm. I genuinely care about Mm. every person that comes into my world, Mm. whether as a client or staff member. Mm. And so I'm always looking for where can I overperform? Like I remember when I made a, a, a birthday party for one of my kids. Not only did my boss come, but all of the top steer staff came to a birthday party for my kid. And they stayed the whole time. Blew my mind. Blew my husband's mind. I was never going to leave. I only left because they hired that middle manager and I was dying. But oh my gosh, like my original boss, I would have never stopped working and I would go to the ends of the earth for him. Mm. You know, and, and recognize that and I think it comes just from genuinely caring for the human being mm. in the situation. You know, so they, they look at their staff as minions. They look at their um, clients as money and, and that's what they see. They see minions and money and, and I see people. Mm. How can I please you? How can I overperform for you? How can I make you smile today? I think there's a connection there with why you are where you are now. I mean, not just in, in terms of success, but phys- like, like, geographically. Yeah, know, like what am I doing sitting in London? Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, living in LA now as oh, opposed to New York from what you were talking about before. Yes, because I, uh, I'm from New York, so I feel like I get justification to not like it super much. Um, <laughs> but I feel like in New York, just the general energetic signature of the city, the general feel of the place is like, you have to do more, you have to be more, and, and you can do anything you want, but you got to work for it, and it's hard work, and it's just very 
burdensome, so much pressure, so much weight. Whereas in LA, anything is possible. Mm-hmm. You know, and the difference between you can do anything and anything is possible is enormous. Mm-hmm. You know, LA, like with the sunshine, I'm like, just you can do anything. Mm-hmm. And the ambition and the hopefulness different than the drive and the bitterness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's why we landed in LA. So from, from what you're saying, I mean, I don't really know it. I've been to New York, but I haven't been to LA. Well, I've only passed through on transit. But so it sounds like I guess there's a lot less stress in, in LA. Um, it feels like less. I'm not going to say there is less, but almost by need, like cars are legs in Los Angeles. So whereas in New York, you know, all my years living there, except for maybe one or two, I never had a car, right? You take buses, you take trains everywhere. You can do 15 things in a day and you're just constantly moving, doing. Move to LA and cars are legs. So we obviously had to get a car and then we obviously had to get two cars. And even with the cars, max, you could do two, three things a day. It's insane. Mm. Everything just, it moves slower. Mm. And native Angelinos, my clients who are native Angelinos, like, I gotta talk slower. <laughs> Everything is. It, it, does, it, is, it is more relaxed. It well, is. That's the truth. And there's also an element of, I mean, so I lived in Jakarta in Indonesia for seven years, cool. which is on the equator. And, and I've been in a few other places, similar kind of temperatures. When you're in places like that in Jamaica and so on, there's that whole attitude of like, soon come, soon come. It's just, just like, just take things easy. Take it easy. Because you can't be running around in those kind of temperatures. So you're going to be more kind of relaxed and not just rushing around all the time, aren't you? Yeah, and I guess, you know, every city is built on its history, you know, whereas where New York came from and how it was built, and it's built on the money and the markets and all of that. Like, California was built on dreamers mm. and dreams, and it's built on Gold Rush and Hollywood, and, mm. you know, it, it takes a whole lot longer to make a movie than it does to close a stock trade. And I feel like everything that's done in a place is part of what builds the energy there. Mm. And, and, yeah, no, and it's not just the, the warmth helps. You do mm. take a little slower, but it, listen, Los Angeles is pretty temperate. It doesn't get that bad. Mm. It's, it's just the air. And I think it does come from the history of the city where, you know, you're going through processes that take longer but build bigger results. Mm. Where do you see your business going in the next few years? Or what would you like to happen in the next few years? All right, well, first of all, we're on track to do our seven figures um, with zero in ad spend. So that's, after I did six figures in under two years with zero in ad spend, it became just like a a goal. Maybe it's an ego thing, but like, it's more than that. I want to show that it can be done. Mm. Past seven figures, I I even, even with my clients, I hold that then you do need to spend money to make money. But until then, you really don't. So I want to show everyone. So that's one thing we're going to do. But we've got, two other programs launching. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got something called Business Idea Bootcamp, which, so Marketing Magic, our, our current signature program where you never waste money on marketing again, is geared to help business owners who are already in business or they just want that really good kickstart to hit that six-figure mark because mm-hmm. that's the marketing piece. What about people who are you know, just getting started, who just have an idea, who haven't even hit like a stable five figures, they're just kind of fluctuating and maybe they're not making any money? So Business Idea Bootcamp puts your business idea through bootcamp. Mm. to see if it has what it takes Mm. and then if it does or doesn't give it those skills so it could be successful so that's something we're looking um, it's going to launch hopefully December Mm. of this year Um, and then we have a top tier program called Becoming Boss Business Owner Success Story because so many businesses that pass their five year mark and that pass their six figure profit fall apart when they try to scale because what gets you from A to B doesn't get you from B to C Mm. and so part of where I'm looking to take the company and where we're, we're really already headed is you know if you'd asked me a year ago, I would have said, I'm looking to stop trading hours for dollars and start getting more strategists on the team and maybe launch an online program. So we did that. We've got more strategists on the team and we have our online programs and I am not really trading hours for dollars anymore because I don't have any hours. 
left to trade, um, pretty much. Uh, I still take some private clients, but mostly it's more worth it for me Mm -hmm. to get them into the system. So where I'm looking to go is marrying all of our online programs with our consulting so that at every level of your business, whether you're just getting started, whether you're trying to get that six-figure profit or that seven-figure profit, you have either a low-cost, do it more yourself with like a group option, or you have the one-on-one option with our team. Um, And I filter my people. I spend almost as much time now with on clients and content as I do on staff. Mm-hmm. Training, up-leveling, guiding. Because to me, that's the be- way I can make the biggest difference. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where I'm, I'm going. And, you know, TED Talk and all, all the fun stuff and more fun traveling and more speaking. But just more people doing what they love, right. earning buckets of money and having time for their life and family. That's my dream. So if there's someone listening from, from London or in Germany or in Australia, so, and they're thinking... This sounds really good, but maybe it's all going to be too American focused and American regulations. Is it going to be? Oh, not at all. I don't do regulations at all. I don't. I don't know law. Like we, even when we teach how to build a contract, it's a contractual agreement from like a terms and conditions perspective. And I always say check with your with your lawyers. Most of my clients are not in LA. A lot are in New York, but we have people in London. Hence. That's how I landed here. Um, have people across Europe, have people in South Africa, have people in Australia. Um, we are multinational. We have staff in four time zones. So everything you teach is relevant to, to everywhere. Right. I have seen it apply everywhere. And part of what I love with that is I get to know the different cultures. And especially the more I travel, the more I get a sense of each space and the differences. Mm-hmm. But one of the skill sets that I have and that I train my staff in is how is the coaching skill, which is how to pull out of people the stuff that they know. Mm-hmm. And so part of what we do is we give the frameworks and the principles and we pull out of you, how do you fill that in with the stuff that's unique to you in your world? And so let's say my British clients. Um, when I first, my first British client, I was nervous. I'll be honest. I was nervous because I know what I know. And until I had worked out of America, I hadn't. Now we're, we're going back years already. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was successful with him and when everything I did worked, like I didn't say anything until after I was, I was like, by the way, you know, I love that this stuff works for you. <laughs> but I, I've seen that it works everywhere. And so what would you say is a, a big difference between say a British and an American client as a generalization? Um, so the culture is a bit different. You know, I feel like American culture is a little more relaxed, a little more in your face. I find the Brits to be a little more reserved. Mm. There's this whole like, queenly culture element like your food has stamps on it that like this goes on the queen's table and that's like special food it's like what it's just you you drive on the other side of the road I like got into a car in the passenger seat I'm like I'm sitting in the driver's seat there's no steering wheel like it's so weird but the the real differences I find culturally is um it's those subtleties right so I find Brits to be a little less openly communicative. So the sales strategies that we'll build with people are a little more reserved, Mm -hmm. um, a little more of a slower build, whereas in America you can be much more in your face. Mm. Um, And it's those kinds of nuances that we find across cultures. And what about, I mean, Brits are a lot more cynical, aren't they, than than the Americans? Um, I haven't found that so much. I haven't found that so much. You know what? I would would agree with you, overtly cynical. Mm. But Americans are more like undercurrent cynical like they'll pretend to agree with you but then they're like checking out whereas the Brit will just come in your face and be like really oh really darling <laughs> so what are your what are your general thoughts on exceeding expectations what does that phrase mean to you um uh, to me exceeding expectations is something that you do strategically to light people up to give them the best experience and uh, to shine your light 
as much as possible. Because that's, to me, what we do in business, what we should be doing. Do what you love. Because that's how it's going to work best. And to exceed expectations is to always look for that place that you can light people up on purpose by promising less and delivering more. Mm-hmm. So if people want to find out more about you and the courses you do, and have you got a book? So I don't have a book, but I do have a free five-day marketing success challenge, which right. I mentioned earlier. And so if you go to sdrand.com slash free gift, you'll not only see more about me, but you will get access to the challenge. We built it as a mini course, um, a $300 course, and then we launched it as a beta, and it went viral. Like within two days, we had 600 people inside. It was insane. And we've gotten such tremendous feedback on the lives that it's changed mm-hmm. that for now, we might close it down. And, if, and then if you go to sdran.com slash free gift, you might see something different there. There's always something cool there, always. And so just spell sdran for people. Oh, E-S-T-I-E-R-A-N-D.com slash free gift. So F-R-E-E-G-I-F-T. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, sdran.com slash free gift. There's always something cool there. But at the moment, you get free access to the five-day marketing success challenge. And that's, it's five days. It's mini trainings. You watch it on your own time. It's, you don't have to queue in at any given time. It's pre-recorded, And you get the clarity and the confidence to market it market successfully. So you learn about building that confidence. Mm-hmm. You learn about who your best clients are and how to find them. You learn about social media, how to do it organically, which is one of our biggest wins. You learn basic sales strategy, like how do you say and what should you say? So it's, it's really comprehensive for something so tiny. So if, someone, where, if someone's really struggling at the moment with aspects of their business, where do you, who do you think this would be most useful for? So, I mean, we've had the five-day challenge help anywhere from freelancers you know, I actually, this is a super cool story. This really happened. I couldn't make it up if I tried. I um, was getting like a, a therapy, like a physical occupational type therapy for one of my children. And I reached out to a local therapist in Los Angeles that came recommended by a friend. And I call him up and I say, hi, you know, my name is Esty Rand. And I, you know, was recommended to you. And he said, Esty, you don't know who I am? And I said, um, so sorry, but I don't. And uh, so uh, he said, Esty, I took your five-day challenge and it changed my business. I said, no way. He said, I guess you don't check. And so I apologize. I don't know every person who's taken the challenge. I know every person in my programs, but not everyone in the challenge. He said, you should just know, Esty, that I said to my wife, you know, this is so good. I would pay money for this. And I told my wife, I really want to find you and, and offer you payment for this, this course that I got for free. And he said, so Esty, I'd like to offer you a free session for your kids. He said, I've never done this before. I, I don't do this, but I'm so grateful to you for the change it made in my business. I'm so much clearer in how I communicate now to my potential clients. I'm closing more deals. Um, I'd like to offer that to you. And he did. And he's great. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Esty, I believe you've got a quotation you quite like. I do. I've, I've got a lot of quotes that I love. But I'll tell you, my favorite one of all time probably comes from Helen Keller. Mm-hmm. And it is, keep your face to the sunshine and you'll never see the shadows. And that is something that I have indelibly, like, burnt into the back of my eyelids, you know, because life can be tough, business can be challenging, all right, business can be brutal, right? Especially, you know, at the point that it becomes your primary income, you're just like, <gasps> panic. Um, and there's always ups and downs. That's, that's just how it goes. But if you keep your face to the sunshine, if you're always looking at what is positive about this, what can I do positive? You know, whatever, again, like I said with that example with my client, you know, when she came to me with a complaint, I said, what is positive that I could do instead? Not, oh no, and it's the shadows and the clients don't like it and my service is being ruined and what am I going to do and she wants her money back and that's where people usually go. They, they go deep into the shadow. No, keep your face to the sunshine. Listen, I hear this is a problem. 
what can we do to fix it? Mm. What can we do to make it better? What can I do to outperform and overperform so that not only are you satisfied paying what you're obligated to pay anyways, but that I've exceeded your expectation. Well, any, um, Esther, your energy has been superb. I loved it. And thank you for everything you shared with our listeners. Oh, an absolute pleasure. And guys, grab that challenge while it's still there. <laughs> Best of luck for the future. Thank you. Next week is episode 67 with Jessica Silverman. Jessica is a business startup coach who helps aspiring entrepreneurs seek uh, helping them get greater clarity and simplicity to, to live their life's true purpose. And she does this through coaching and, um, and some other sort of tools that she provides for people as well. That's next week's uh, show with Jessica Silverman. If you've enjoyed this week's episode from SD Rand, please do share it with someone who you feel may get particular benefit from some of the, uh, the pearls of wisdom that SD did share in this week's episode. And it would be lovely if you could leave a review for us on iTunes or one of the other podcasting platforms. Hope you have a fantastic week. See you next week.